0: We'll start out with 422, Yesterday, Today, Forever. Be thinking of some favorite songs. We'll take several tonight. 422 as we get started. Mm-hmm. Oh, how sweet the glorious message, simple faith may claim. Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. Still loves to save the sinful, heal the sick and lame. Cheer the mourner, calm the tempest, glory to his name. Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. Glory to Jesus, never glory to His name. We'll sing that forth as of old. He walked to Emmaus with them to abide. So through all life's way He walketh ever near our side. Soon again shall we behold Him, hasten, Lord still be this same Jesus as he went away. Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. a favorite song they want to sing tonight? Who doesn't have the last name Montoro, all right? Anybody at all? If not, we'll, ah, Brother Paul, When I See the Blood, I think, what is that, 130? Nope, that's When I Survey the Wonders Cross. 139, okay, thank you, Brother Ted. 139, When I See the Blood, let's sing the first and the second. Christ our Redeemer died on the cross. Night for the sinner, paid all is due. Sprinkle your soul with the blood. Yeah. Mariana, and then Rita. Near the, cross. near the cross. Okay. Let's look that one up. 515. 515. 515. Let's sing the first and third. Jesus, keep me near the cross. Was there a breath? Three hundred and sixty-eight. Three, six, eight. Let's sing the first and the last. hey you left your room this morning, did you think to pray in the name of Christ our Savior? Loving favor as a shield today. Oh, a praying rest, away weary. Prayer would change the night today. So when light seems dark and dreary, don't forget to pray. When sore trials came upon you, In sorrow, from of Gilead, did you borrow at the gate of day? Oh, how praying rest so weary, prayer will change a night to day. So when light seems dark and dreary, Four hundred and two. Like a river glorious. Four hundred and two. Like a river. 17. All right. It is well with my soul. 417. We've got to sing that third. So the first and the third verse. If you know the parts, sing them out. May be seated, and if you need a prayer list, uh, wave your hand. We'll have Brother Ding or Brother Ted get you on there. Okay, and uh, we had 73 this morning. Praise the Lord. Moving up just a little bit there. Two visitors. Um, I hope you don't mind, uh, but last night I was going through uh, uh, my emails. And there's a church in Iowa, Elkhorn, Iowa, that was requesting help to purchase uh, some pews and and things. And here's how it worked out, is the uh, pastor was working a job and trying to pay the bills and all of those things while he was starting a church. And he just just gotten the church to the point to where he was going to part-time, and so he was resigning his full-time job. And make a long story short, his new boss, uh, he got talking and he said, we're taking a, we've bought a house and we're changing it into a church. And his boss said, well, what a coincidence, I just bought a church and I'm changing it into a house. And he said, now, if you're changing a house into a church, he said, you probably need everything I have. he has got 16 pews, all the Sunday school equipment, everything, desks, chalkboards, pulpit, the whole nine yards. And uh, he says, well, he says, I'll give it to you for somewhere between $500 and $1,000, because I still owe money on it and worked it out to about $500. And so I called Brother Rose, who's the pastor of this church. He says, we got everything but 125 $125. I said, So I said, we'll write the check. Is that okay? And uh, just praise the Lord that we can do that. Amen? And uh, actually the, where that will be coming from is uh, we have an account with the royalties for the songs that uh, Julia has written. And uh, there's a little bit of money in there. And we'll be able just to write a check and send it right over to help them. So uh, just wanted, that's something to praise the Lord about. Amen? And uh, something else praise the Lord about? No more ceiling, no more lights. It's all done. Not going to mess with it anymore. Praise the Lord for ceilings and lights. At least something's done. And so uh, uh, now we move forward. Any other praises? Brother Teddy. Sorry about that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, if you didn't hear that, brother, we've been praying for brother Teddy's mother. He just came home. Uh, she just came home from the hospital Friday and doing much better, and he just praises the Lord for answered prayer. Uh, Rhoda, I think I saw a hand. Amen. Praise the Lord he answers our prayers in his time and his way and not ours. Amen. Rita. Okay, prayed for a lady named, what was that, KT? KD. KD, okay, and the operation went fine, praise the Lord. All right, Brother Ted. Pardon? Yeah, you're looking at last week's. Um. The, yeah, actually, last week they were. This, this week, um, just keep the Max in prayer. They should be in Ghana uh, as of our prayer meeting. We will not know until tomorrow sometime. But they're five hours ahead of us. It's uh, So that makes it about quarter after 11 in the evening there. Um they, they actually should be in Ghana. That was the plan. They were in, uh, supposed to be in Grand Basham. There's a Bible college there that Brother Bob has uh, worked with, and they were supposed to be holding the services there this morning and then traveling on to Ghana. Uh, but uh, we'll just need to keep them in prayer. And uh, as soon as I know something, I'll let you know something. And uh, All right. Any others? Any other praises? Elizabeth. Okay, yeah, I think I got most of that. Um, the air conditioning's on. It's hard to hear up here. But uh, we, we praise the Lord you found our church. And uh, we praise the Lord that you're here. And praise the Lord for salvation. I did get that part of it. Amen. All right. Any other praises before we go Lord in prayer? George. Okay, he's going to a charter school now? Okay. Praise the Lord. All right. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the testimonies and the praises tonight. We thank you for your working in our hearts and lives. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to help the church in Iowa. We thank you for the work that is being done and has been finished. Lord, we just thank you for being so good and gracious to us. We thank you for saving us, forgiving our sins. Lord, we thank you for the peace that passes understanding and the strength to live each day. In your name we pray, amen. All right, let's sing one more song, 414, 414. Trust and obey, 414. But to trust and obey, let's sing that third is the last, but we never can prove the delight of his love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor he shows, he stows our first. To trust and obey. Amen. You may be seated. Take your Bibles if you would. John chapter 15 tonight. John chapter 15. We're just going to start down through the chapter here and try to get a few things. We may take the next few weeks and just go through John 15, John 16. John 17, and um, actually we probably stood to start, should have started in John 14, but let's just start here. John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing." If any man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love." If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandment, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Now, we like that last verse. There's not a one of us here tonight, I don't believe, that would not like to have our lives... Full of joy from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? I mean, is there anyone here that just wants to be miserable and suffer and feel rotten all the time? If you do, don't raise your hand. Just see me after service. We need to spend some time together. Amen? Uh, That is not normal. That's not something you should want in your life. Jesus said, I've given you these things that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. And so what we might title this tonight if we do anything is where is your joy meter reading? I mean, we've seen the gas tanks, uh, the price of gas go down and I just kept waiting. They said it's going down. I kept waiting and the and that little needle kept getting to the red and then it started going below the red and I said, "Well, I don't care what the price is. I better get some before I run out, right?" And uh, here we have, we're talking about joy. It's something we can all use more of. Amen? And uh, the the Bible tells us, right here, Jesus is speaking. Now remember the context for, for John 15. Judas has already left to get the soldiers. Jesus is on his way to Gethsemane. He's already had the the last supper with the disciples. He's already washed their feet. He's already done all of these things. He is giving them the last commandments. Now, if you or I could know that we only have a few hours, which is what Jesus was allotted right here before he was arrested and the process of His false trials began, and eventually leading to the cross and then to resurrection. If you know, and of course Jesus did know, there were just a few hours here. He spent three of those hours in prayer. He spent the rest of that time, and that's what we have here from John. John 14, John 15... And, uh, and uh, John 16, and then John 17, we get to uh, the beginning of John 18, and we have the arrest of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, how many of us were talking about, have my joy remain in you, that your joy may be full just a few hours before the suffering of the cross? You know, this is just another one of those freebies that just kind of pops in my head from time to time. But uh, that's one of the problems with that hideous film called The Passion of the Christ. Is It's all about the sufferings of Jesus Christ. But as Jesus was looking forward, and I mean, we spent some time Thursday night talking about the agony in the garden. Just before He got to the garden, these were the words... He was giving the disciples. And of course, we read the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, it says He endured the cross, despising the shame. Why? For the joy that was set before Him. Now, you take that chapter in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, and go all the way down, I think it's verse 22, it tells us what that joy was. It's the General Assembly and Church of the Firstborn. The joy of Jesus Christ is His church. Amen. And so as we look at this, He tells us that this is how we can have joy. Number one, we need to understand the position and the people in this chapter. We start in verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman, or the vine dresser, or the farmer, as you might want, the horticulturalist, if you like big words. Um, and he says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Verse 5 tells us, once again, I am the vine, ye are the branches. Now, this idea of the vine, how many of you have seen the old grapevines? I mean, big old knot of wood about that big around. Some Sometimes uh, I remember finding some wild grapevines in the woods by my grandmother's house in Pennsylvania. I mean... Uh, Big around is a piece of pipe and uh, what we would do is we'd uh, make sure they were anchored well in the top of the trees and cut those things off and use them for a swing and uh, and just like a piece of rope, the the branches would give and boy you could just have fun all day long swinging back and forth on that thing until it starts pulling out. You don't want 40 foot of grapevine coming down on your head, that's not fun. but. The reason I say that is when you talk about the vine, the branches do not just set on the outside of the vine. I did this one time. I carved it down with my pocket knife, and it took me uh, several hours of diligent work to get through a vine that big around. It's very hard wood, and you'll find that that branch goes the whole way through to the very center of the vine. Great vine is hollow. It's got literally a little channel running right up through the center of it and that branch goes the whole way in. Now Jesus says he is the vine we are the branches. Now we're supposed to be connected not just sitting on top. Amen. It takes a process of years for that vine to grow to that kind of thickness. And that branch is integral. It's layer upon layer of that vine has grown around and protects and holds on to that branch. It is impossible to remove all of the branch from the vine without destroying the vine. And uh, may I ask you, can you destroy the vine, which is Jesus Christ? No. No more can you lose your salvation because it grows the whole way in. Amen? The Father's job is the husbandman. God the Father is the one that orders the circumstances. He's the one. It says, if that branch does not bear fruit... There's only one reason why a branch won't bear fruit. It's broken. There is something that is not allowing that sap from the center of the vine to pass through the branch and the the growing process. You know, maybe somebody, some kid came along with his pocket knife and started shaving on that thing or something like that, but there's got to be a break in the connection there somewhere. You see, people who are not saved, never were saved. You cannot be part of the vine at one time and not part of the vine another time. I remember my dad got the idea, we were growing some fruit trees in our yard, and he got some clippings off a green apple tree, like a Granny Smith tree, actually I think it was a golden transparent, and tried to put it in and graft it into a red apple tree because he wanted different color apples on the same tree. There's only one problem. The graft didn't take. And that little branch, even though he did everything just the way the book said, it never grew and it never took uh, a part of that tree and that branch never welded itself in and so it didn't grow. Now there are, I I don't believe I've ever seen them, there are trees that actually grow different color apples on the same tree because the graft took and that branch began to grow and it will produce what it is. And God has taken us and we read in the book of Romans that he has grafted us Gentiles into the true vine which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We didn't naturally grow in that vine. We were grafted in. We were the wild branches that He has tamed and made right. And verse 3, He says, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except you abide in me. Now, none of us like that idea of purging. But if you don't trim back the tree, when you're done, all you have is a tree. No fruit. Because every bit of energy it takes to grow the tree is energy and fruit that the tree cannot grow the fruit, or the vine, as the case. And if you've ever kept grapevines, you go back and you trim it up every year, because otherwise all you're going to end up is with a bunch of thick, knotty wood that does nothing. And so what God does is He puts us under that pruning process. That makes us able to produce more fruit. It's not pleasant to be pruned, Amen? But if you'll understand what's happening, then it really is pleasant. And that's what James 1 is talking about when it says rejoice when you fall into divers' temptation. And then we move on and it says, If any man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Now you got a lot of preachers running around quoting this verse today, saying, you need to ask God what you will, and He'll do it for you. You want a brand new car, you want money in the bank, you want a fur coat, or you want all of these things, you just ask God, and if He doesn't give it to you, then you know that you have a problem with your faith. Wrong. That's not what it's talking about, amen? What it's talking about is, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you'll want what my words say and when you pray, you'll pray according to my words and you'll actually be praying for things that I want you to pray for and then I will hear and will answer your prayer because your prayer will be ordered by my words. That's the part that the Bible plays in this whole thing. As we Read and understand his words. They come out of us in our prayers, and understand something. There is a primary job that Jesus came to do. It's listed right here in verse eight. Herein is my Father what? Glorified. That's what Jesus came to do. Read Revelation four and five. That's what heaven. Is all about. It's about the glorification of God. God does not want us to be fruitless Christians. And if we do not have the fruit, and I'm preaching myself as well as you, here's what we got to start doing we got to start abiding in Him more, letting His words abide in us. And it says, so shall ye be my disciples. Now, I I know almost everyone here tonight very well. And if I were to ask the question, how many of us want to be Jesus' disciples? Almost every hand would go up. I want to be his disciple. Well, it says that the condition of being his disciple is to what? Bear much fruit. It's not my job to be a fruit inspector. That's the husbandman's job. I've heard preachers, by their fruit ye shall know them. Okay, well, that makes me a fruit inspector, so I'm going to go around inspecting everybody's fruit. No. You know what my job is? It's the same as your job is it's to be a branch. Amen. It's to be anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm supposed to be producing fruit, and you're supposed to be producing fruit. Our church is supposed to be producing fruit then we will be the disciples of Christ and we'll have His joy in us and our joy will be full. That sure is simple, isn't it? How come it doesn't work that way on Monday? Or Tuesday? Or Wednesday at work? Or Thursday when the trains aren't running right? Or whatever it happens to be. We come here In verse 9 it says as the Father hath loved me so have I loved you. We get discouraged because we forget about the love of Christ. What's that next phrase? Continue ye in my love. You know the whole world He's living for love. Now, most of the time they spell it L U S T, don't they? When you can't have love, I guess they'll settle for lust. But I'll tell you, lust doesn't last very long now, does it? And people say, I love the Lord. I love pepperoni pizza. And they don't mean anything different by either sentence. That's not what Jesus is talking about here now, is it? He says, continue ye in my love. And that's what we have to understand is even when we do not feel loved, even when we do not feel like things are going right, our feelings are horrible things, aren't they not? I mean, they are easily led in the wrong direction. Are they not? Uh, I like to say emotions are like little children. If you don't run them, they'll run you. And that is most certainly true. But Jesus is giving us a commandment. He says, continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. If you want to continue in Jesus' love, just keep his commandments. A little later on, he's going to say, if ye love me, well, verse 14, ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever, I command you. Now, verse 10, and then we'll be done. It says, if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in His love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Now we like that last part. I want my joy to be full. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, there, there are some deficits on occasions and there are some times when that uh, joy tank could use a little fill up. Amen? That joy comes... From continuing in His love, continuing in His love, is obedience to His commandments. Obedience in His commandments only comes as we abide in Him. Amen? Because only through Jesus can we obey His commandments. When is the last time, I mean, we've done, been here before, but when is the last time you have done something for God that will count for eternity of your own effort. Has never happened, has it? We've got to go to God. We've got to get what He wants us to have. And then we can take that and translate that into obedience to His commandments, which is continuing in His love, which puts His joy in us, which fills us, with joy does that make sense some of you got that some of you didn't let's try that one more time and we'll be done okay if we want joy we're just working backwards here we've got to have Jesus' joy remain in us here's how his joy remains in us If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. When we're obedient to the things of God's Word, that's what opens the door for joy. That's what gives us the peace at knowing whatever happens to us is in agreement with God's Word and God is in control. Now, you decide you're going to go out and play in traffic and get run over... Guess what? It hurts. It could kill you. That's not obeying God's commandments, now is it? But if we're serving the Lord and something similar happens as it has to people over the years, we can know that God allowed that pain and suffering into our life for a purpose. And we can have joy even through the times of suffering because we're simply obeying God's Word. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this night and we ask that you would do your work in our hearts and lives. We ask that you would give us a practical understanding of these verses that we may live them this week. And Lord, that our joy may be full that we may have more joy and more peace in our lives. We ask You to show us those things that need to be surrendered to You. In Jesus' name we pray, and we'll just take a few moments. You can pray at your seat or come to the altar if you'd like.